Welcome to The Corporate Coven, a podcast that explores the intersection of mysticism and the modern workplace. On this show, we discuss how to bring your spiritual craft and practice into the workplace. We'll talk to people who have found ways to include ritual and spirituality into their everyday work and hear from experts on the topics of how to stay spiritually connected while managing the demands of the modern workplace. Our host, Jessica, is a certified career counselor, HR outlaw, and vocational astrologer. If you've ever wondered how to bring your spiritual practice into the workplace, this podcast is for you. Join us as we radically transform workplaces to be a little more magical. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another episode. This episode was inspired by a conversation that I had with some of my friends. Um, if you guys follow me on IG, then you know that I play Bunko, which is a really fun dice game. And I get together every month with a group of gals. And I was playing with them. And, you know, the, the nature of the game is it's really quick pace and you're rolling dice and you're talking. And then if you win, you move on to the next table. There's like three different tables and you just kind of like rotate through depending on how you're scoring throughout the night. And so I was sitting at a table with someone that I've known for a while and someone that I only like recently met, like they were brand new to the group and they looked at me and they were like, oh, this is the person I was telling you about. And they were referencing me. They said, this is the person that I was telling you about. She's a witch. And the other woman's eyes, like got really big and was like, really? Like you are. And you have to understand that I live in a state, especially in an area of the state where there is really one dominant religion. It's like you're either part of this religion or you're not, and you don't really have another faith. It's really, it's scarce to find another religion and another church or something like that close by where there's like a, a high level of membership or they have a prominence within the community. And it's definitely mostly Christian. Um, I actually can't think of like a Buddhist or a, uh, like Muslim or even like Jewish or like anything like that. Like I can't think of anything besides like this one dominant religion. And then I think maybe I've seen a Catholic church, but anyways, that's besides the point. The point is, is that it was really like novelty that they were sitting in the presence of someone who like identified as a witch because it seems so Halloweeny and so, so foreign to their belief system. And so meeting someone in the flesh that, you know, is that way was really exciting, I guess. And so they asked me, like, how did you get into that? Like, how how did you just become a witch? Like, tell me about that story. And I posed this on my TikTok, actually, and I was kind of sharing the story. And I'm really sarcastic. And so initially when they asked me that, I was, you know, also I was put on the spot is the thing, right? Like I was put on the spot and it's late at night and I had, I think I had been drinking or something. And so you know, they originally asked me and I was like, oh, you know, I was kidnapped when I was a baby by goblins and they inducted me into, you know, the craft. And uh, yeah, I was really flippant about it. But I was like, honestly, like, I don't I don't know. I've never sat down and really thought about like the process of like, how did I become a witch? So on my TikTok, I was telling this story and I asked other people to share, like, how did you get into it? Like, what was your introduction to witchcraft? And what was the moment that you started like self-identifying as a witch? And so that's what I'm going to be talking about on this episode is a little bit about my personal journey. And for me, this is really about like a transition of faith and belief. 
And I'm going to share some things that other folks talked about in the comments on that TikTok video. And so if you are curious about witchcraft because you don't identify that way, I know that there's plenty of people that like to engage with my work and they wouldn't call themselves a witch. There's another belief system that is primary to them. But, you know, they like to deal with divination or they're curious about astrology or something like that. If you're fully into the craft and you're more just curious about my personal history and journey into it, that's what I'm going to be talking about on this episode. So for me, I do need to go back, like way, way, way back, if you will. There are things in childhood, and I think a lot of it always goes back to childhood because it's such a critical moment of the emergence of our personality and our belief and the way that we play and the way that we engage in the world around us, how we engage in experiential learning and and all of these things. So for me, I just always remember being very spiritual. And I use the word spiritual because when I was really little, even though I belonged to the dominant religion in my state and I was raised in it, I also wasn't old enough to have a clear understanding of uh I'm going to say maybe like the boundaries or the borders or what separated me in this faith as opposed to another one that was perhaps similar. I'm thinking of all the different sects of Christianity, for example, because I did grow up Christian. But I remember being very spiritual. I remember believing deeply in a sky deity that I had a personal relationship with. And this was more than my relationship with Jesus Christ. This was very much my relationship with God, the eternal father or a heavenly father, or again, just like a sky deity, a sky daddy, if you will. And I felt very, very close to that from a very young age. And I remember there's like this one memory that always stands out to me. And I wouldn't say that this is my earliest memory, but it's like one of my earlier memories. And I remember fighting with my mom, you know, as we do as eldest daughters, I remember fighting with my mom and, and just like having this deep understanding that my life here was a choice in some kind, like a true belief that that I had had a life and had a consciousness prior to being in this mortal body and in this physical existence and that I had a choice to engage with it or not. And this came out in a fight that I was having with my mom. And I don't even remember what we were fighting or arguing about, but I just remember being very, very angry with her and very frustrated to be alive. And it it came out of my mouth as I want to go home. I want to go home. And my mom, you know, bless her heart dealing with me was like, you are home. Like, what are you talking about? You are at home probably just trying to soothe me and understand like what was going through my mind and why was I having such a big behavioral outburst. And I remember telling her, I don't mean this home. Like I want to go back to where I was before. And this was my first really like, like, I guess moment where I expressed a belief in reincarnation of some kind because I felt really close to, you know, in, in the religion I grew up in, we called it the veil I felt very close to the veil. I felt very close to the existence that I had prior to being in this, this life. It's hard for me to like know what language to use because it's, I was a child, right? Like I, I just remember being like, I don't want to be here. And I actually feel really, really close to a deity 
outside of, of this family, outside of this existence. And I believe in it so much that I would, and this again was before I learned a meditation practice, but I would find myself in meditative states. I would find myself sitting alone in my room and just staring because I, I believed so fully that if I, if I just tried hard enough, I would be able to open up a portal. I knew that there was something more than I could see. Just, I think a lot of children have this relationship and maybe it's the naivety of childhood and, and we believe in things that we can't see and, you know, children, you know, see ghosts or angels or spirits and, and all of these things. Then when we're older, we talk ourselves out of it or we lose that. It's like the same thing of around the holidays when it's like, oh, like little kids can believe in Santa. And it's like the, what's the word, the, the Polar Express, where you can hear the bells of Christmas. But then as you get older and you stop believing in Santa, you can't see or hear the magic anymore. So maybe some of it was that. But as a kid, I was just like convinced that I would be able to open up a portal and to speak with other beings, other celestial deities or something like that of some kind. And it wasn't just a belief. Like I knew it. I knew it to be true. I knew to my core that it was possible and that I could do it if I just focused, if I could just figure out how to get it done. I could do this. And so this was my first really relationship with meditation and, um, you know, realms of consciousness, if you will. But I didn't learn it that way. Uh, you know, that wasn't an active practice in my belief system. This is just something that I tried to do. And so in a way, like, I feel like I've always been, you could say a witch, but I didn't use the language. I didn't self-identify as that because I didn't know about it. Right. I just believed in something that I couldn't see. I believed in other dimensions. I believed in other spirits. And there were times where I felt like I could hear the voice of God or feel the spirits around me, or I could, I would see things that weren't there to the point where I was spooked. I was real spooked as a kid. And this isn't like, you know, the ghost of a woman appeared to me and said these things to me. It was never that blatant, but there was always just this like deep inner knowing that it was out there and that I could do it. I started talking to animals, right? Like I, I remember there was a dog that lived at the top of my street and he was big. He was like a, a great Pyrenees or something like that. He was a massive dog and he was aggressive. He was really mean and he would bark at the school kids like me that would walk from the bus stop down to the house that I grew up in. And he would bark and bark and bark. And he was on this big chain in the back of someone's yard connected to this massive tree. And it was always really scary. I remember the kids, we would just like kind of run past the house because this big dog barking at us was frightening. And I committed myself one day. I said, I believe that I can speak to him. I believe that I can communicate with my energy and with my intention and that I will be able to, like, I will be able to ask him to stop or I'll be able to let him know that he can trust me and therefore he doesn't need to be afraid and he doesn't need to bark at me. And so like I did with like meditations of like staring at a wall and trying to open up some portal or trying to connect with spirit or something like that. I stood in front of this person's house looking at the dog and I knew that you weren't supposed to look in dog's eyes. I did a lot of reading encyclopedias and stuff like that as a kid about animals because I was obsessed with them. And so I looked like, you know, in between the dog's eyes and I, I faced it fully and I just gave it my attention and I sent as much energy as I could into the dog's like 
understanding into their their spirit or into their essence. I don't know. But I remember just saying, like, I am your friend. I am your friend and I am here for you and you don't need to be scared. And the dog never barked at me, never barked at me when I would walk by. It would always pause. It would be quiet. It would sit there. And it was like from that day forward, the dog never barked at me and would bark at other school kids. And so there were these little moments as a child where I just, I truly believed in magic. I believed in spirits. I believed in energy and auras. And, um, you know, I, I had moments where I was obsessed with like skeletons and I lived in Moab. And so I would go out and hike and, and, you know, see nature. And anytime I would find like animal remains, I always asked my mom and dad if I could take it home. And I would get like, you know, little paintbrushes and I would be like an archaeologist, like brushing off the skin. And in the moment I was like, oh, I'm going to be like Indiana Jones. Like I'm going to be an archaeologist. You know, Moab, we have dinosaur remains and all that stuff. So it wasn't a far cry from what I had been exposed to. But looking back now, I'm like, oh, like I just, I felt this deep relationship with the alchemical process of transformation. I'm a Pluto and Scorpio generation, right? And this relationship to using animal remains as a way to connect with spirit, as a way to connect with nature, which has a lot to do with like casting and divination using like with bones or like our relationship with familiars and stuff like this. So I feel like there was always this, this element, there's always this relationship that existed. But as I got older and I continued in, in my faith, it became muddied. And as a deeply spiritual person, I became a deeply religious person. And I loved learning. I loved learning about ways that I could commune with God obsessed with it. And I, I wanted to be a spiritual leader. I wanted to be an ecclesiastic leader. I sought out every opportunity that, that I could to speak in church. I felt so deeply that I had a message, an important message to share. And it felt so important. It felt like such important work to connect people to belief, connect people to a higher power. And I felt like that was my job. Like I took it so seriously and I was so passionate about it. And the older I got and the more invested I became, the less invested I was in it. At the same time, I started meeting people outside of my religion and learning about what they practiced. I started hearing my religion of birth reflected through other people's experiences with it. And I was slowly becoming really turned off from it. And this has changed. Like, I want to be clear that, you know, the religion that I was born in has gone through a lot of like evolutions and it's still not anything that I personally feel like engaging with, but it's not what it was when I was growing up. It became really clear to me when I was a teenager that I didn't want to participate anymore. And a lot of it came from the religion's perspective on the LGBTQ plus community which I had always been exposed to and always had relationships with. I was around gay people and trans people before there was a lot of conversation around it. Some of my best friends from childhood came out in high school and that was never weird for me. I, I never, I never had an issue with um, other gender expressions or sexual orientations. And so as I got older and it became really big in the news, I graduated in 2008. So this was like the round of the time of Proposition 8, right? As I learned more intimately the religion's stance and perspective, I just immediately felt outed from it. 
And like, I couldn't relate anymore. There were so many aspects of the faith, which were deeply meaningful to me and that I valued and cherished. And there was also so much that I was like, I don't get this. I don't get this. And I don't know how to participate anymore. But I had also disconnected from the witchy things like the, you know, I was always interested in astrology. I became interested in astrology deeply in like third grade and started learning all about the Zodiac signs and, and all of these things. But as I came closer to the Christian religion I was raised in, I disconnected from divination. I disconnected from that concept of magic. And I was seeking exclusively the type of spiritual relationship that you get through the Christian faith. But at this at this moment in time, I'm like a teenager and I'm getting close to graduation and I'm getting close to moving out and being on my own. And I have just this like moment of like, I don't get this anymore. Like I, I don't get this anymore and I don't think I can participate anymore because this actually isn't what I believe. And the things that I was looking for in this religion aren't being offered to me anymore. And it was really difficult and it was hard for me to find that value. So... When I was turned 18 and I moved out and I went to school, I stopped attending church regularly, but I didn't feel guilty about that because I had my own practice at home. I would read the religious books that I was raised with that were meaningful to me. I would pray every single night. It got to the point where I couldn't fall asleep without praying because I'm very much an earth sign and I'm very much ritualistic and I, I couldn't relax and fall asleep until I had prayed. Um, it just like was one of those things that like it, I had to do as part of my method, but it was also very confusing because of the whole proposition eight thing. And I, I felt very, very strongly, like I could not ally myself with any religion, faith or community, which had such strong feelings about people that I loved and about another community that I felt very much a part of. I was, especially in like my late teens, early twenties, I was very much in the queer community, and they were my people and they were a place that I found acceptance and love when I didn't find that anywhere else. And so it was a clear line in the sand for me at this time. And I disconnected fully. So I found myself in a relationship with someone who was atheistic and did not have a belief system in magic or possibility, but also didn't believe in any of the major prominent religions. But what he did expose me to was Avatar The Last Airbender. And so Avatar, actually, The Last Airbender was um, like a really actually fundamental part of my journey into witchcraft and identifying as a witch. But it really came down to the relationship with the elements. And this woke something up in me that I remember reading as a child, you know, we're into fantasy books. And I read... I read tons of books about, you know, wielding magic and I actually never got into Harry Potter. So as I'm saying that, don't think that I was one of those kids reading Harry Potter. I didn't read Harry Potter until I was like 23, but there were other books and they were all about deep um, spiritual relationships with the elements and with mother earth. And so as I was exposed to Avatar, the last airbender, the anime, I was like, this is what I believe. <laughs> Like, this is my religion. I don't have one right now. And this is my religion. And it was more than a fandom you, that like, I have to, you have to understand that, that like, this was more than just being part of the fandom of Avatar, the last airbender, especially some of the things that uncle Iroh said. I mean, if you understand that I was born with the belief that we are all connected and that 
the veil between dimensions or conscious or spirits was very, very thin. And then growing up and that belief being influenced by other people's perspectives and opinions, barriers came in and borders came in and strong disconnects came in. And so what I was seeking was actually a belief system which merged everything together and broke down those walls. And so seeing the avatar, the last airbender, and just the perception that within one individual, the avatar, you could wield the power of all of the elements. And then if you haven't seen the series, go watch it. But also I'm going to spoil a little bit of it right now. But also being able to bend chi or energy and having these perspectives of like all of the nations living in harmony like that. I'm actually feeling emotional just like remembering my first time really being exposed to that because it felt like it felt like everything that my heart was longing for in a children's cartoon on Nickelodeon. But it was so meaningful because that's what it did for me. And then that was my relationship. And it was um, it was shallow, uh, shallow because I didn't do a lot of depth of exploration and I didn't try to like pursue it further than that. It was just this moment of like, that's my belief system. I believe in bending. <laughs> I believe in the elemental makeup of our life. I believe in energy and the ability to wield energy. Um, I believe that it's through your body and the expression of your physical posture that you can harness uh, the elements and stuff like that. So that was my thing for a while. And then when I broke up with my partner, oh, I guess I should also include that as a student, I was taking philosophy classes. I took myth, magic, and religion and things like that. And so I was exposing myself to a bunch of different belief systems, but I didn't feel myself attached to anyone. Um, it was more just fun to learn about all the things that I never learned about growing up because it was, you know, uh, testing your faith. It was testing your testimony. And, um, that, that was dangerous because you didn't want to leave the church because there are big implications for that. And it's, you know, a very big to do. It's very dangerous at the time to leave the religion because of the way it could isolate you from your family as well as your community. So, um, I just like exposed myself to things that I had never learned about before because I felt afraid of what would happen if I believed something else more than I believed the religion that I belonged to growing up. But it was fun. It was nice to learn about like, you know, this is what other people believe. And for me, again, it was always trying to find the common denominator. It was always trying to find like the common thread. But I also loved my philosophy classes because it helped expose my brain to why do we need religion? Why am I fascinated with spirituality and theology? And what is it about belief that can be so segregating among people and create such volatile and hostile situations when fundamentally at the heart of all of them is the concept of love and acceptance and unity. And so I became very interested in it, right? But it wasn't until mm, someone exposed me or someone showed me spirit science. And this was around the same time that I began my yoga practice and I really got into meditation and I started like just throwing myself into crystals and crystal grids and sacred geometry. I started delving into astrology into more depth than just your sun sign, but learning about the moon sign and the ascendant sign and the houses. Um, you know, I was meditating every day and, and, um, you know, specifically building meditations around the chakra system. I built in, I, I shared this before on my Instagram stories. It was, 
2014 and I built a seven week program, like coaching program on Google Docs that was through the chakras. And I had journal prompts every single day. So like each week we, we would focus on one of the chakras. So we started with the root chakra and I provided education to the participants who was really just like my mom and like a few of my really good friends <laughs> that were allowing me to experiment with offering a coaching program. And I offered them journal prompts and mantras every day and like food recipe recommendations and yoga postures as well as fitness routines. And every week we changed chakras until all the way like to um, the crown chakra. And I provided some like history about it. But this was back in 2014, right? It is now 2022 and I'm just barely getting ready to launch my first like formal coaching program. Um, but I've been wanting to do this type of shit for ever. And that's because again, like this was what finally started clicking for me. This is what finally started making sense for me, but I still wasn't calling myself a witch. People would ask me, what's your belief system? And I didn't know how to answer. I had no idea because I, I was still like legally, I guess, part of a religion that I no longer practiced, but I also didn't have a church that I went to. And the things that I practiced came from a few different traditions. And it wasn't clear to me where I belonged. Because again, what I was looking for was something that brought everything together. And I also wasn't to the point in my understanding yet. Like I learned about, you know, Hinduism and things like that. But I didn't understand paganism or really what that meant. And I never really invested in studying uh, being a Wiccan. You have to understand that. Growing up in this specific sect of Christianity, that stuff was super taboo, super off limits. I was still in a place where it was difficult to admit to people that I wasn't active in my faith, let alone that I was exploring other ones. So then to acknowledge that I was like a witch, which was very like satanic, which was very evil, like there was no way that I could out myself as that. And I still had some discomfort in exploring that type of belief just because of what it had symbolized in my life for such a long time. But that's really where it started. And then from there, it just evolved and morphed. And I, you know, through school and everything, I was exposed to so many things. But I think that for me, I really committed to an astrology practice. But still, if you would have asked me like what my belief system was, even in 2017, after I graduated with my master's program, and, um, you know, I was deeply, deeply entrenched in yoga practices and mindfulness and astrology and tarot and all of these things, I still wouldn't have known how to answer. In 2018, when I moved back to Utah, I was really scared. I was really nervous. And I actually went to a lot of therapy leading up to the move because I found myself very triggered by being exposed to the religion I had grown up in again. And again, I, I want to be clear that this is my relationship with the religion. I'm not telling you, I'm, I'm not here to talk about pros and cons of the faith. I'm not here to criticize anyone for being part of that belief, belief system. I just want to share that I had problems with it. I found myself triggered with it. I was uncomfortable with it. And I was still really wounded from leaving the faith. It's really difficult to have a faith transition when you believe things so deeply. And when you, like for me, I made so many life decisions, who I dated, who I let myself be friends with, what I did on the weekends, uh, what I wore, 
how I expressed my physical self. Like all of these things were influenced by the faith that I had. And so then to realize that I had lost that testimony and that I no longer had that faith, I felt cheated in some way. I felt really wounded that I missed out on so many people, on so many opportunities and experiences because I was so committed to something that I now had no desire to have a relationship with. But I was moving back to the heart of it. And all of my family were still participating. And that was really confusing for me. So I went to a lot of therapy. I was doing EMDR work to kind of help with some of the the trauma, like the little trauma that it gave me. And when I moved back, I formally and legally disconnected myself from that faith. And I kept that a secret for a while until without my consent that was shared with my family. And that was really difficult. But I'm also grateful for it because it allowed me to be more open and transparent. In 2018, I also started a new job at a very conservative company where the majority of employees and definitely all of the leadership were part of this faith that I had really struggled with. And I had only recently left publicly and openly left. So in my office, I had my tarot cards. I had my crystals. I had my essential oils. I had the lunar calendar and all of the major astrology transits on my calendars in my office, as well as on my work calendar, like where people could see my outlook and book appointments with me and whatnot. And this is when I first finally opened up as a witch. And it really happened because someone said like, Hey, are you like this religion? And I'm like, well, no. And they're like, well, what are you? Like, we see all of this stuff. And they gave me the language. They said, are you a witch? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I read tarot for people. Yeah, I practice astrology with people. And, you know, I I meditate and I do all these different things. Um, you know, I'm exploring herbalism, I'm exploring naturopathy, and um, you know, I I believe in the old gods, not the new, for all of you Game of Thrones fans out there. You know, I'm polytheistic and I believe in the Greek pantheon and the Norse pantheon and the Hindu gods and, and all of these things. Like, I believe in all of it. I believe in everything. Right? I, I believe in everything. And if you want to call me a witch, then absolutely, that's what I am. And then it was around 2019 that it just became so commonplace. Other people were introducing me as a witch. And so I just let them. Right? I just let them do that. Um, and then in 2020, like I full on committed to it. I would always tease my nieces and nephews that I was a witch. That's how I scared them into behaving when they were around me. Or I used to have like a really big mole on my chin and all the kids were always fascinated by it. And I would tell them, this is the proof. This is how, you know, I'm a real witch and that I'm not lying to you or faking it. All witches have moles on their face. Right. I just leaned into it. It was just like fun, but now it's just 100% like my identity. And so the question that was posed to me at Bunko of, you know, well, how did you become a witch? How did you get into it? I was like, I don't know how to answer that. I feel like I was always a witch. I feel like I was always a part of it. I was always there. I've had so many moments that I didn't realize that were taking me to ritual, that were bringing me closer to paganism and living in harmony and alignment with the natural rhythms and cycles. But, you know, I think we all go through a phase in our life where we're obsessed with mythology. Um, you know, having a faith transition definitely was a big part of it, but I never really identified with that language until the pandemic. And that was, it was a little bit before, but that was really because other people assigned that label to me, not because I chose it for myself, but it made sense and I liked it. So 
that was it. And here I am, the witch, that witch from work, <laughs> head witch in the corporate coven. So here are some of the things that the folks on my TikTok shared about their experience. And it's all pretty unanimous, actually, as I'm going back and looking at the video to reread a lot of this. A lot of folks just said, I feel like I've always been one. You know, a lot of us grew up in Catholic or other like Christian faiths. And there was a moment where we felt a disconnect in that belief of some kind. But when we found the craft, when we found ritual, when we found other forms of belief, it was very much the same way of just like, oh, I've always kind of believed this. I've always kind of been into this stuff. I guess, I guess I'm a witch. <laughs> but also how difficult that transition is. So I share this episode because people were curious about it. Maybe you were curious about it. I'd love to know what we have in common. I'd love to hear your story of how you found yourself in a position where you felt really confident identifying or using that language. Was it even one that you chose or were you like me and someone started giving you that name and you just owned it from there? So as always, let me know in the, what did you think of this episode prompt on Spotify? I'd love to hear from you and connect with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and gained valuable insights into the world of personal and professional alchemy. If you want to stay updated on the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and turn on notifications. I'd also love to connect with you on social media, and you can visit my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com to find other ways to connect and work with me. I'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics, so please let me know in the comments on this episode what you're interested in. Until next time, keep working your magic and casting spells of success in your career and life.